As you can probably guess, we are going to be reviewing episode one of season three. I can't wait to do this. This is going to be so much fun. Just a heads up. If you hear it cutting out and like there's a jerk in my voice, that is because I've stopped it so that I can go to the next scene because it's too much just giving it all. It, too much happens this episode. So the episode begins and it is the Russian basement. And then there are all these guys in, in hazmat suits and they're plugging stuff in. But I did a bit of research and I'm pretty sure what they're wearing, it, does, it doesn't look like hazmat suits. In fact, they look like radiation suits. And radiation suits were invented in 1934. So, they, so how are these Russians getting these technology? Well, not technology, but I suppose it's sort of technology. Protection, whatever. So then it says that it is June 1984 at the moment. And then all these people, they've turned on the machine. I think they've turned on the machine. They've done something and all, and this red light starts to flash. I think they're getting ready for it to turn on. So everyone goes and waits. And then it goes to this cockpit or cabin or whatever where these people, where these evil Russians are standing. At least we assume they're evil and Russian at the time. And one, one guy's smoking. And then the Russian scientists come down the steps and we see Alexei, who, like I said, is one of my favourites. And then they, the two scientists open the briefcase and there are two keys inside. And Alexei and the other scientists take them and they turn the machine on. And then the machine it's like starts glowing and it's all blue and it shoots a beam out of the wall and it starts making the portal to the upside down and all these tentacles come out the wall it sort of looks like you know, you know the first time when the portal opened and all of these tentacles were it was out of control it looked like that but way smaller and then what happens next oh yeah all the lights are turning off like the light coming from the thing starts fading away and then the portal starts to close slowly and then the machine explodes and people are getting disintegrated and like they're being blitzed into horrible red mesh or whatever. And then this Russian guy, he comes down and he comes down the stairs and he's like, and he's just walking along. He's not wearing any sort of protection. Everyone else was wearing radiation suits and he's not. Like plot hole. Death of Brothers, you listening? It's a plot hole. And then, yeah, he touches the portal with his bare hand. Again, very silly decision. And then he's like, and then this other Russian scientist, he's like, we're so sorry. Like, we're trying to get it to work. You see, we have progress. And then the other Russian who was with, I'm pretty sure the guy is like the main Russian because he, they call him Comrade General. And then one of his minions comes and he starts strangling that, one of the scientists, not Alexei though. So then the comrade general says to Alexei, um, you have one year to get this portal to work. 
and then they all come out well the comrade and his little minion come out and they're walking in the snow now i thought that part was under starcourt but apparently it's not so they must have replicated exactly and then they moved to starcourt and anyway and so yeah here's one year and then it's snowing there's a helicopter in the background so i think it's a helicopter it looks like a helicopter and then it pans out and you've got the russian flag or the soviet union flag i'm pretty sure it is and then yeah it goes to the title sequence and then it says susie do you copy the title yeah. the episode and then we go to ellen mike's scene and they're listening to music and there's a Corey Hart thing on Elle's desk because it's showing Elle's desk at the moment. And then there's a Brian Adams. I'm not sure. I think they're like tapes, music tapes. And then there's like not, lots of nice normal teenage stuff that I'm happy for Eleven to have because it's, it's good for her to have like a normal teenage life. There's like a hairdryer and like a unicorn statue. And there's this book and it says using good English, which I thought was really funny because obviously Eleven doesn't really know how to talk properly yet. And then there's this, at the bottom of that book, there's like this little symbol and it looks like an ego and then it's got the Eleven in it. So it's a nice little Easter egg that the Duffers or whoever was directing that or the props person put in there. So then there's, it goes to, I don't know, maybe her chest of drawers and there's a picture of Mike and it's got like Mike and hearts and then there's posters on the wall that say Mike, there's drawings of Mike and then it shows Eleven's baby Mike mask from season two, which I thought was a really good thing to add in there because I think that maybe she shouldn't have kept it because that might have been some bad memories, but you do you. And then it shows Mike and Elle kissing and then Mike starts singing and Elle's stopping him. She's like, Mike, Mike, stop. Stop, Mike, stop. Mike, Mike, stop. She said Mike and stop a lot. And then he's like, what? You don't like it? She's like, no. So then they go back to kissing. And then Hopper's eating food and he's watching telly in the other room. And then he leans back on his chair because he hears the music and he sees through the crack in the door, Eleven and Mike kissing. And he's like... Keep the door open three inches, three inches minimum. So then they, and then Elle slams the door with her mind. And then they go to, and then Hopper's like banging on the door. And then Elle opens the door for him. And Elle and Mike are both lying on the bed. Like one's at one end, the other's at the other. And they're like reading books like, it's chill. It's chill. Um, <laughs> and then it goes to Mike's obviously left and him and Elle on the walkie-talkie together. And he's like, that was priceless. They're a big fat, it was like, his face was like a big fat tomato. And then they go, that's probably one of my favourite lines actually, And in season three. And then they go and Elle's like, I miss you. And then it goes and it's Starcourt. We're going to Starcourt and Mike's going there. And we meet the mess of the gang, but not Dustin, sadly. And then Mike is like, everyone, no, sorry. Luke's is like, we're going to miss the movie. And Mike's like, if you keep whining, we are. He's being a bit of a me. And then Luke's like, if we're going to, if you keep whining, we are. Basically mimicking him if you didn't get that. And then Lucas is like, oh, I want to kiss my girlfriend all day long. Mimicking Mike again. And then Erica. 
you see Erica and she's doing like fart face, isn't it time for you to die? And like, isn't it your bedtime with Lucas? And then they go to Scoops Ahoy and we've got Robin. Again, one of my favourite lines of the season. Hey, dingus, your children are here. And then we've got Steve and he comes out, he opens like the sliding glass door, window, sorry, and he's like, again. And then Mike's like, dings the bell. And then Steve's like, if anyone hears about this, and then they're all like, oh, we're dead. And then they sneak off to the movie. I'm pretty sure it was The Walking Dead, but like a sneak preview. So then they all start passing out the snacks. What's this allowed in the cinemas? Because I know at the moment it isn't. I know we can't exactly go to the cinemas, remember, because of COVID. But it's not allowed. Like, you can't bring your own snacks in. Was this allowed in the 80s? Someone tell me. Um, so, yeah, and then the power goes off and the movie turns off. And everyone's like, boom! And then it shows everyone throughout the mall's reactions to the lights turning off. And then we see some special guests, Ash and Kilby from the Upside Down podcast. If you have not listened to them, remember, go listen to them. And then we, Erica's like, the hell? So then we see Steve and he does the light switch. And he's like, trying to turn the light switch on. And then Robin's like, it's not going to work. And I was thinking, if the lights are turned off, that means probably whatever's keeping the ice cream cold is turned off, which means shouldn't the ice cream melt? Anyway, it pans out over the city and you can see all the shops and houses, lights turning off. Then it goes to this old barn, shed, I don't know, farmhouse, whatever it is. And there's loads of rats inside. And then all this dust and glass and rubble just starts coming from the ground and it's like forms it looks like a mini tornado and then all the rats get scared and they start running away and then all the power comes back and the film starts again and then will's getting that hair thing on the back of his neck from season two and he gets this flashback from when he was getting possessed by the mind flayer and when he was getting it out of him and then it goes to nancy and Nancy's like, shit. And Jonathan is also there. And they're like, we're late for work. And then they all get, they get like, there's not really a montage, but it shows them getting dressed hardly. And then Nancy, like, throws her shoes and her handbag out the window and she jumps out the window after them. And then Jonathan comes out of his room and Joyce's like, hey. And then Jonathan's like, no. And then Joyce is like, and then Joyce, like, sorry, Joyce wipes lipstick off the side of his face and then was like gross and um just as said it won't be that gross when you fall in love and was like i'm gonna fall in love and then the magnets joyce knows magnets and then there's a really cute poster maybe we're, i think we'll do it it says bob movie superheroes that was so sweet and then nancy and jonathan arguing the car nancy's telling him to hurry up and nancy's being a bit mean honestly Jonathan's just trying to be a supportive boyfriend and then this is really nice like there's some really nice transitions in this episode anyway it goes there's like it zooms out and Jonathan and Nancy are in the car and then it there's a yellow car that passes them and, it, and you zoom in on that car and that's Dustin's car yay Jonathan's back um and then Dustin's like this is gold re- leader returning to base he's trying to contact his friends 
and then Muse. Yeah, there's like a little Muse bubble head on the front of the car, which I thought was really sweet. And then Dustin is complaining to his mom. He's like, they should know I'm back. And Dustin's mom is like, you've been away for a month. They've probably forgotten, which is fair enough. Like, good on you. And then, so Dustin, it goes back to Dustin's room. And Dustin's in his room. And he sits a bag down. And then he's like, you're happy that I'm home. He took what to his tassel, or tortoise, sorry. And then all his toys, like, I don't know, robots, like this monkey, they all start coming to life. Well, not, well, life. And he follows them and he like, grabs the fairy faucet spray, which is a throwback to season two as well. And he follows them. And then it comes like to a living room kitchen area and it shows, and it's just the gang, um, like Elle, Max, Lucas, Mike and Will hiding behind this wall in Dustin's house. And Elle's using her powers to control the little robots. And then they all sneak up behind him and they surprise him. And then Dustin sprays the Farrah Fawcett into Lucas's eyes. And Caleb's expression, Caleb's face, Lucas, by the way, is priceless. It's so funny. But I, there's a few things I want to know about these scenes is how they filmed that scene with the spraying was it someone doing it for Caleb or did like they spray water in his face instead? I want to know. And also, did her, did like Dustin's mum know that they were waiting at the house? Did they say, oh, we're going to surprise Dustin? Like, make sure he doesn't find us. Or was like, did they just break into his house, basically? So yeah, that scene was very interesting. And then it goes to the pool scene and it's this guy and he's jumping into the pool, he's a young boy. And then it pans over all the people in the pool and then you see the pool mums. Then it goes to Janice, um, Mike's mum. And she's reading the book that she was reading in season two. The Duffer Brothers, the ones that the Duffer Brothers made the person on the front look like Billy. She's reading that one, which I thought was nice. I don't know. You know what I mean. Um, and then we've got She's Coming Down, Ladies, and Showtime, which is, again, an amazing line. And then Billy comes out, and the song actually playing, if you would like to know, is Moving in Stereo by The Cars. It's a great song. So then there's a thing where it's like, Lourdes, and that whole scene. And then they're like, Afternoon, Billy. After, yeah. And then tipping your seat, Mrs. Wheeler. And then when he was climbing, and then it goes and he's like walking along and all the girls are like, wow. And then he climbs up his tower, his little lifeguard tower. And it's just me. On the first time watching this episode, I did not realise that Dacre had a tattoo. Dacre plays Biddy. So I can't be the only one who didn't notice that the first time watching it. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and then it moves on to the street. I'm pretty sure it's Oak Street, and it shows the all these buildings. So I'm just checking my notes. Um, yeah, it shows all these buildings, and you can see the Radio Shack, R.I.P. Bob, and a closed store beside it, and there's like closed signs and all of them. 
And then we see a poster that says, Save Downtown, Say No Starcourt. And then it shows us Melvolts, where Joyce works. And you can see Joyce putting up a sale sign because she's obviously trying to get me to come in. And then Hopper comes and she asks, he asks her if she's busy and she says that it's her first customer, which is very upsetting because, I mean, justice for Melvolts. And then um, that Hopper's... Hopper starts a rant, and it's the fun. I think he's absolutely amazing in this scene with Joyce, and um, he's basically doing the thing with Mike, and he's like, like it's that slimy boy Mike, um, and yeah, and then they Joyce is like, take it down a notch, and. I was like, I want for them to break up. Honestly, David Harbour, bravo. Amazing acting in these scenes, as I've said. And then it's, uh, and then he's like, talk to them, not ordering, not yelling, talking, have a heart to heart. And then it's, and then Hopper goes, heart to heart? What is that? Again, another one of my favourite, favourite lines. Maybe one day I'll just make a montage of all my favourite lines. And then, and then he's like, do it, you could do it for me. And she says that she can't. But then she says that she can help him. She can help him write, uh, write it down to help him. And then we see Nancy walking by, and this is another really beautiful transition. And it follows her, and she's got like a bag, and she's checking her watch. And if you're also again wondering what the song is playing, I'm pretty sure it is working for a living or something similar. And then Nancy goes into this shop, and it's the Hawkins Post where she works. And she's giving everyone her lunches and then she goes into the dark room and if you don't know anything about dark rooms, when you go in there and the light hits the photos, the photos are ruined. So she gives Jonathan her his lunch because he's working in the dark room and she gives Jonathan his lunch and then she closes the door and Jonathan before was like, oh, the dark room Nancy and getting really annoyed at her and then she rolls her eyes. Like, respect your boyfriend's work. And then she goes to give the work to, I don't know, maybe the highest editors. Like, maybe, I don't know what you call them, but they're like, the guys in the room. You know you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And she gives it to them. And they're all discussing news stories. And they're talking about the beauty pageant. And then Nancy suggests the star court and like the closing of all the downtown shops and then they make fun of her they tell her about they pretend they like it and then they humiliate her um with the nancy drew and the missing mustard and they're generally generally being quite mean and then it goes to lucas washing his eyes because obviously he just got sprayed by the ferro faucet spray 
And then we have, he comes up and his eyes are stung and Max is being so sweet and he asks him to pay. And then Lucas is like, is that only zit? And uh, Max shoves his face under the water, which is another great scene. And then Dustin, it goes to everyone, well, not everyone, it goes to Will and Mike and Eleven in Dustin's room with Dustin. And he's showing them his forever clock, the slammer. And then Mike's just like, in the background, you can see him showing, ugh, and like rolling his eyes. And then you can see Elle. This is, I don't think I've mentioned it before, but you can see Elle wearing Hopper's bracelet. Um, that his daughter had, that his daughter gave to him, which is very sweet. Obviously, that's in all the episodes from season two, but I just want to mention that. And then he shows them Cerebro, and he explains what it does, and how it's basically a ham radio, and they can go from North Pole to South Pole. And then he mentions his girlfriend, and everyone is surprised, which Dustin, like, give Dustin a break. Dustin could have a girlfriend if he wanted to. Don't need to be so mean about it. And then he explains that is her name's Susie with the Z. She lives in Utah and she's a genius and hotter than Phoebe Kate. And then they tell Max and Lucas and they all go up to the, well, they don't all go up yet, but they all start going to go up to the mountain when they tell them. So next it goes to Steve. And he's scooping ice cream for two girls. And he's talking to them about their colleges and basically embarrassing himself quite a lot. And then he's like, oh, like, do you maybe want to hang out? And they basically shoot him down, which is a bit unfair. I mean, Steve. And then so he's a mum. He's a working mum with, like, six children. Give him a break. And then he... Robin comes out and it's like another one bites another one bites the dust and he does and she does the you rule you suck board and then Steve's talking about how his hat is ruining his best feature and Robin suggests actually telling the truth about no not going to college and then these other girls come and he's like oh hi ladies you want to set sail on this ocean of flavor I'll be your Captain Steve Harrington. And these girls all have crazy hair. There's one, she's got like two pigtails and it looks like she's got one massive ponytail. It's very strange hair. I suppose it's the 80s though, so. And then Robin adds another little dash onto the board. And now it goes to the gang and they're climbing that massive hill to get to Susie and they're all talking, they're discussing why you can't just call Susie. Can't remember the reason, but it's something maybe she doesn't have electricity. And then Mike and Elle say they've got to have curfew, which obviously they're lying because it's as Justin said, it was only four p.m. and they're all angry, they're like it's gross. It, I think they said it was gross. It, I think Will said it's gross. Max said it's romantic, and Justin said it's bullshit. And then a famous Nancy line there, and then. Will has the neck thing with the hairs and then it goes out and there's all the rats. Another thing that I noticed, all of them are really sweaty. That hill, just walking up, doesn't look that big. But I suppose it's probably quite hot. I live in the UK, so, you know, the, the hottest 
a heat wave for us would be 20 degrees, maybe 25. So yeah, it shows all the rats running and then it shows loads and loads of rats going to that old factory that I think at the beginning, not the beginning, but near the beginning of the episode that there was that big swirly tornado thing and it shows loads of rats going to that place. It's a steelworks, I'm pretty sure. And then all the rats start exploding, which is pretty horrible. So then it goes to Mrs. Wheeler, and she is swimming. I don't get how her makeup hasn't melted, or not melted, but dripped down her face if she's swimming, swimming pool. And then Billy is watching her, like a big old creep. And then... She comes out of the pool and they're talking and basically he's trying to get her to cheat on Mr. Wheeler, which really, like, if you're going to get someone to cheat on someone, pick someone younger who's not married. And don't cheat, don't make anyone cheat at all, actually. So, and then it goes to Dustin and the gang, obviously, um, minus L and Matt, sorry, Mike, not Max, and they basically walked up the hill and said that they've been walking for five hours. That hill does not look like it would take you five hours to climb up, though they possibly had to walk to the hill. So. And then <laughs> they're, they're all complaining, and Will's like, can't we just play D&D? Honestly, the best ship in Stranger Things is Will and D&D. And then, again, one of my favourite parts is when Lucas drinks all the water and Max has a go at him and he, like, spits it back out. And his smile, Caleb's smile, is absolutely priceless once he puts it back in and hands it to her. It's so funny. And then it's them setting up Cerebro and this is a montage of them doing wires, putting stuff up. I yeah setting it up basically so then Dustin tries to talk to Susie but she's not there and everyone thinks that she's not real so he started making excuses and then he carries on trying then it switches to Joyce's car and it's pulling up she's got a really nice car like I'd love to have a car it's a great it's a nice green color and then Joyce's like calling seeing if anyone's home but obviously I think I'm not sure where Jonathan would be but Will is doing the thing with uh Dustin and so then she makes herself some lasagna some lasagna and some peas and she gets a bottle of wine and she watches the telly I'm not sure what show she's watching and then she gets a nice and then she gets a flashback of Bob sometimes and yeah and they're chatting and watching the same show and then it goes to the fridge back in normal time goes to the fridge and the magnets are falling off the fridge again there's actually a meme and it's uh joyce season one where is my boy joyce season two what is wrong with my boy and then joyce season three what is wrong with my magnets Okay, and then it switches to Nancy, and she is cleaning up uh, everyone's rubbish at work, and no one else is there, it's after hours. And then the phone rings, and Nancy goes and picks it up, and 
she asked, and she's like listening to this person and then she writes down on a piece of paper Mrs. Dris- no, Doris Driscoll and then diseased rats. Ooh, spooky! <laughs> anyway, then it switches to Elle and Mike and they've got their makeup music on and obviously they've got makeup music makeup music on they are making it out they're kissing and it goes to Hopper and he is sitting in his bed and he's practicing his speech on his bed and then he goes to talk to them and he knocks on the door Elle lets him in and then Mike and Elle are doing the thing where they're sitting at opposite ends of the bed so then Hopper sits down on the chair he he turns the music off and he's trying to talk to them and then Mike's like oh no I think we're in trouble Mike is really irritating he's been quite mean in these episodes and then in this season sorry and then Mike again whispers to Al I'm not sure what he whispers I'd actually quite like to know if the death of brothers like to tell us that'd be quite cool and then Hopper comes up with this fake story it's like your mom called it's your grandma so then Mike and it goes to them and Hopper's taking Mike up to the car and Mike's trying to find figure out what's wrong with Nana and then they go in the car and he's like there's nothing wrong with Nana and Hopper starts shouting at Mike and then Mike starts trying to open the door and then Hopper starts trying to and then Hopper doesn't like starts closing it it's real another really funny scene and Hopper's basically trying to get Mike basically Hopper's absolutely terrifying Mike who's like 14 years old take it down a notch Hopper so then we go over to Mrs Wheeler and she is getting ready to see Billy and she's putting on makeup she's drawing her hair and then she takes off her wedding ring and then she goes upstairs and she's ready to leave and then she sees Holly and Ted and even though she might not really love Ted, her kids do and she turns back and she doesn't go with Billy. So that does conclude that episode of Strange Things which also means it does conclude this episode of my podcast i hope you enjoy it keep scooping What you remember from Stranger Things? Yes. What do you remember? I remember that um, the guy was trying to call Susie. Yeah, he on the yeah. walkie talkie. Mm-hmm. And what else do you remember? He said something about the cop. And the cop was annoyed because um, a girl and a boy were spending too much time together. Yeah, that did happen, didn't it? Do you remember anything else? And something. And something was going, and something was going spooky. 
Why was it going spooky? Um, when the boy trying to phone, um, phone Susie, when when the machine was working, and he wasn't even touching it. Oh, when the people were speaking, the Russian people. Yeah. Yeah. Keep and, um, 